folks. XQ quality, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except we're extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. This is episode 267 of Channel Massive. It may be the highest number that we ever count Yes, in a podcast episode's history. It, it has been many, we have many podcasting hours beneath us, behind us. <laughs> Both. Both. <laughs> we have quelled those, the insurrection that were those hours, and they're, they're behind us, beneath us and between us. I don't know. I was trying to get, you know, pro. I was, I don't know, like, maybe we should start this over. <laughs> words, you can't keep doing this start words, over stuff. I never start over. Yeah. Words just aren't coming to me tonight. Do you really want to start over? No, I was just trying to make it awkward. <laughs> uh, so, yes, episode 267. The one, final episode. The final chapter. Unless we release one more. Oh, we might. We might. We might we do. have to stay tuned. One more little thing. So yeah, you might have noticed if you are a regular devout listener of Channel Massive that our posting of episodes for the last month has been sporadic. It's because we've been working on our blue meth. Yeah. And really, we just get a lot more rewards. <laughs> well, actually, purple would be more appropriate for our... Sight colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or orange. Coordinate the color schemes. But the reason why is that we've just been reconsidering what we wanted to do with our podcasting time. And we have something in mind that we think could be pretty cool. Yeah. And that's what we've been spending our time working on is a new idea, exploring if we think it's feasible. How would it work? Experimenting and, with un, uh, unimaginable technology. Yes. Yes, unimaginable in the realm of Channel Massive. Yeah. For sure. And the thing is, is this new idea is significantly removed enough from what Channel Massive is that it couldn't just be a format change, as we have done many, many, many times before at Channel Massive. It, yeah, we basically determined that this new thing is mutually exclusive yeah. With Channel Massive, <laughs> there can yeah. be only one. Yeah. And should it come to fruition, which we are hopeful that it will, I don't necessarily want to suggest that it's something that you, as a Channel Massive listener, would be completely disinterested in. I don't think that's the case. I believe it'll be more crack-like. Yeah. To continue with my my drug metaphors. Thank you, Breaking Bad, for yeah. totally ruining my... Mark has needs. My apparently. hypothetical morals have been greatly messed up by the <laughs> watching of that show. Yeah, so... Are you saying I'm special needs? I'm saying you have needs. Oh, just needs in just general. Needs. Just needs. I have yeah. needs. <laughs> I can't help it. But, before, but rather than just 
shut the show down without even an episode. We wanted to do at least one more regular episode, which is what you have here. And the plan is, provided that our new experiment becomes realized, is birthed... Is is dragged screaming and kicking into a world hell-bent on its destruction. In a world. In a world. Where podcasts go away. Go to die. <laughs> go to die. Rising <laughs> like a phoenix out of the ashes. And I would say the name now, but we're not quite sure we've secured the domain name. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although if we time. said something, you probably wouldn't know what it was about, even yeah. if we said that. But yeah, so the idea is there will be one more episode, but it won't be a traditional Channel Massive episode. It will be more a promotional and explanatory episode of what's next, and it'll, hopefully you'll come join us over it, there. Yeah, it'll be a, in case of emergency. Please stay tuned and where to where to go for yeah podcasting sweet goodness, we hope. Yeah, and... I think this will do for us a lot of things that we weren't able to do with Channel Massive. And yeah. Although I've really enjoyed a lot of the stuff we've done at Channel Massive. It's been really cool. It will sate my needs to talk about something other than just games. Or will it? Or will it? <laughs> Maybe it'll be more about gaming. Yeah. Maybe it'll be about something I'm very familiar with, which is elk hunting <laughs> with a bow. <laughs> Who knows? And we may have other people on the show we don't know we there's just other details that we're there gonna could be midgets involved we're not 100 percent sure we're midgets juggling juggling and fire. porn stars on roller skates oh man he didn't did you go there <laughs> that was that would be an ingenious idea <laughs> because if you if you hire a porn star to do a porno it's technically not prostitution mm-hmm. so it's legal so we could do that and it'd be okay, and I'm sure that my wife would totally understand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as long as they're roller skating, strictly a business agreement. <laughs> we just needed to add some flavor. Yeah, some flair, <laughs> some flair, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, we digress. But anyway, that's that's what we've been cooking up. Yeah, and it, hopefully that's pleasant to hear for some of you that are like, "No, why are you stopping? We're not." completely stopping we're just going to try something different you're going to try something really different beyond a format change and uh logos have been have been done yeah um yeah it's 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 coming together and i in terms of time windows i would say it's not like next year or anything i think it's going to be within the next month yeah yeah i would hope if everything goes well and given what we're trying to do we may not be able to do everything we want right off the bat. The plan is for it to evolve and become cooler and cooler with each episode. Right. But I don't want to overpromise or even specify what we're thinking I wanna, about. I, w- I want to overpromise and underdeliver. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm headed. That's what I've learned in the business world is the best strategy. Right. It's you know, and we'll have a we'll have a story tonight that'll touch on on that. Well, via email. <laughs> Um, we sure we sure will, and something that taps back into Channel Massive history, no less. Yeah, so we're just full of teasers tonight. Yeah, we're, we're we will deliver the goods. We're just uh, we just want to be really careful and make sure that we we don't uh, give out any actual disinformation. Yeah, and we don't want to say something and then like next week we're like you know that wasn't a good idea we don't want to <laughs> that was the worst idea we've ever had well except for episode 50 which of course <laughs> was the worst idea we ever had but it was so cool still i loved it i loved it too yeah. we had guest stars and the radio drama and sound effects and we, we yes i, I it was we magical guest stars 
We did. Yeah. We did. Anyways, so that is our most important piece of housekeeping we wanted to get out of the way in the introduction. Also coming forward in this episode, we're going to tell you about what we've been playing and what the others have been not playing. And then we have some news to get into and an email that we're going to touch on before wrapping up this final episode of Channel Massive. Now, are we sad yet? No. No. Because there's something else to look forward to. Yeah. It's like it's like when you when you take when you trade in your car. Yeah. And and it's like you're like, well, I'll miss the time you stalled out on the interstate and the time you <laughs> you know, the battery died inexplicably after just getting a new one or the the other time that the the new tires were so badly aligned that they had bald spots within 2 months. But <laughs> this new car is pretty sweet. So Exactly. Yeah. And as yeah. soon as I drive it off the lot, it'll lose half its value. So that's another thing <laughs> yeah. to look forward to. And normally we tell you to write in and tell us what you think. And you are actually we welcome don't care to do that. Time. It's <laughs> just not going to show up in an episode. Actually, we could bring it forward if it's, you know, if it's relevant. We could, or, or if you have questions for us or whatever. Yeah. Well, we could give you a personal response. Yeah, we, we, we generally do we that usually we, we we offshore that to um, Bangalore, um, India, <laughs> and uh, we've been told the quality of the response is really good. We've never actually looked at them or done any quality <laughs> control, but from what we understand, they, they are they are knocking it out of the park for what they, they are, yeah. especially for the amount of money we're paying. Them. Yeah, so um, we could so, actually do it ourselves this time, just this one, <laughs> just as a favor. Yeah, <laughs> to you. So if you have any personal questions or comments on the demise of Channel Massive or whatnot, send them into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. And, of course, stay follow, stay following us. Resume? Maintain. Maintain following us on Twitter. Yeah. At Channel Massive is our main Twitter handle. My personal handle is at thisisnoah. Mark's is at comarkm. And we'll probably also mention it there. And oh, yeah. Surely we will. Facebook. The madness will continue for our new idea on Twitter and Facebook as well. Yeah. So there will be all new stuff to check out. New emails, new Twitters, new Facebooks. It's a whole new world. It's off. I was just going to try and sing a song about that, but I, I figured I'd blow the first note and it'd all be downhill. So <laughs> I think we're already on the downhill. <laughs> we're already on the decline. We have, we have already. So, so you're saying we jumped the shark already within the first five minutes of this one <laughs> well when you start with what could potentially be interpreted as bad news yeah oh yeah well the good news is that we'll do the news now yes and mark has selected a wonderful menu of headlines a veritable for you. cornucopia of blissfully wonderful news nuggets to and two things. two categories <laughs> gaming and gaming gaming and gaming but specifically grand theft auto 5 and since we didn't record last week, and since even if we had, we wouldn't have been able to talk about all of it, yeah. all of Steam's announce or all of Valve's announcements last week about their plans for Steam and the living room. The living room. And what our reactions are to those. Yeah. Well, first off, with Grand Theft Auto V, some of you may have heard that it's been released uh, for the uh, <laughs> Xbox 360 and the PS3, and it actually has been released for a couple of three weeks now, right? Um, yeah, I think so. It didn't start. They had a two-week period to ramp up to do the um, Grand Theft Auto Online mode, which 
our own um, Hilgi and uh, I guess all the Scots were talking. And we're a buzz with it, but mostly they Hilgi were. was pretty excited about yeah. getting a group together to play that. Um, well, the good news is that you know this this release, Grand Theft Auto Five, is like the biggest media event of all time as far as movies, um, TV, games. Yeah. It is the biggest thing that's ever happened in the world. It broke one billion dollars in sales, I think, in two days. Yeah, and you know the the good news for Rockstar is they've sold 15 million units already. I don't know where they're at today, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's a ton. It's amazing, and peer pressure alone has me debating it, which I normally wait till things are at like half price. Oh yeah, well, and I would have never bought. I have never bought a grant. Well, I take that back. I did get some Grand Theft Auto games in the past. I I think I got a combo pack of Vice City and GTA Three. Yeah. And I never played it. Yeah. I think I maybe kind of started Miami, or I'm sorry, Vice City. And I just didn't play it. It's just like it's never been really my thing. Open world games are my thing. Uh, the content, playing a criminal or a thug, is, has never been my thing. Because it's so close to what you are in real life. that you. Just, well, yeah, I, I just you really don't, don't want to go don't home wanna, and yeah. relive the same things that I do on a day-to-day right, basis in my right. video games. I want a true escape. Totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is my friends at work had just told me so many hilarious stories yeah. of what they were doing in the game and I was like and I have to admit from a game design perspective hearing about three per- simultaneous protagonists being able to dynamically switch between them at any time they're all doing their own thing they all have their own missions and then they also weave into a greater storyline that sounded so cool well and what's crazy is those guys have their own thing going on when you're not in control of them so when you switch yeah. to them they're you in can the middle find them of something. in awkward situations like being chased by the cops or yeah. Who knows what, you know, so... And where it all comes together is when you get to play those heist sequences. Yeah. Where you have to plan everything out. There's a whole series of quests or missions, whatever you'd like to call it, just to research the place, to acquire all the things that you need. I've actually just started the first heist, which required doing some photographic surveillance, surveillance and then actually casing out the joint from the inside. And now I have to do additional missions to get a, a getaway van i have to decide which people i'm going to hire oh, wow. as accomplices uh whether i'm going to go in shooting everything or if i'm going to go and try to be sneaky and there's just all these different quests that you have to do to do that before you even actually do it and then once it actually happens you're able to switch between the two different people or three different people it's so cool and after all of that it just finally big, built up and i'm like all right i gotta get it and i have actually really been enjoying it i put a bunch of hours into it. It's not my favorite game or the most fun game of all time. But have you, have you tried the online aspect yet, or just all single that? Player? I haven't. I've only been playing single player. I also uh, finally broke down and got a Wii U, and so I've been splitting my time between Grand Theft Auto Five, Wii U, and 3DS, and the games that we're playing on PC, which oh, of course right. we'll be talking about in this episode. Right. But overall, the game is really great. Uh, there are Load some time. Even in single player, I understand is amazing. Are you doing PS3 or Xbox? I'm on the 360. Okay. The game does take. You have to on the 360. It comes on two discs, and it's a mandatory installation of the first disc, which is like 7.6 or 7.7 gigabytes. Wow, it's huge. So that goes onto your hard drive, and then the second disc, you just play off of that. When you start up the game. It takes about two to three minutes of loading before it starts. And then after that, there's no loading. Oh, that's really, cool. Or, or the loading is really minimal. Um, so I guess 
most of what we were talking about was the good news in selling 15 million units. And I even bought the game, and I've been enjoying it. Yeah. And there was all this anticipation. I was even just talking to a dude at the GameStop yesterday. He's like, man, I can't wait to try out the online. There's just been all this, like, online's going to happen. It's going to be so amazing. The promotional trailers just look so cool. It's like a console MMO in ways that you can make your yeah. own character. The character creation, I don't know if you knew about this, Mark. I just found out about this from the GameStop clerk. They don't think it's realistic for people on a character creator to actually pretend like a person's face is Play-Doh and like, I want a big nose and a small mouth or a square jaw. Instead, you actually pick what your grandparents would look like, and then you oh, pick wow. which character people would be your parents, and then the game comes up with the look for your character oh, that's based really off unique. of that. And then you also spell out what your character's daily schedule is. If you sleep eight hours or four hours, if you go to the gym, how often do you go to the gym and for what length of time? whether you're doing decent, good, upstanding citizen tasks or if you're spending your entire day doing criminal thug tasks, all of that will impact how your character dresses and what they oh, basically look really like. Oh, that's really cool. Wow, that's pretty revelatory. So there's some really cool stuff to check out. However, even with that two-week buffer time or three-week They whatever, were not prepared, as Illidan no. would say. And uh, so... I have it. I have first-hand knowledge. I went to... Uh, I mean, I read about it, but I went to lunch with... A different crowd than I normally go to lunch with at work, and um, one of them, <laughs> bless her heart, said, "Mark, do you play games? Do you play video games?" And I was like, yeah, "I've been known to." And, if other, you and Dan, Dan was there, Fields, who's been on the show a few times, and goes, "He does a podcast every week for gaming." <laughs> so that was funny. But um, they were just talking about their experiences with it because they were all queued up, they're all ready to play, they all had their headsets on, the group was ready to do the online thing, and like <laughs> nobody could get in. And after like two and a half hours, um, one guy just was like, I'm out. I got to go to bed. Um, oh, that's so disappointing. And then um, eventually a couple of them got in, but just it was just riddled with trouble. You know, and people took is, days off from work to do this because they were so oh, excited yeah, yeah. about it. I mean, it was like the single highest. I think because of the way they did it, it everything hit at once, you know, perfect storm. And that's the numbers are so astronomical for how many people are doing this. Yeah. That you know it was crushing and so that's been a bit problematic bad experiences in general once they're in though i understand it is just amazing and it, and you can do all these things and you can play tennis you can play golf you can do it's skydiving whole you city can, you can it's, you go can around car, do whatever you want you can spawn a car race where it like goes and puts everybody that's playing together uh, like 16 people into a car race and gets it all set up for you and stuff that's cool just crazy stuff like that totally sandboxy but with like enough guidance to make it not, uh, you know, completely unguided and yeah, it's like oh, meandering. so you want to do a car race? Let me set that up for you. It's like a concierge, you know, to to get you going. Um, so once you get in, once you get over the hurdle, the barrier to entry, it is allegedly quite cool. One other thing that's really cool is how it impacts your single player game. Right. So when you're in the single player game, you have up to three protagonists. You have to unlock them one at a time by going through the main story mode. And there's this little circle that's in the bottom right corner of the screen, and it's split into four quadrants. The top three are the main protagonists. And so you hold down the left, I think you hold down left on the directional pad, and then you push up left or right with the right thumbstick, and you select whichever protagonist you want to play as, and then it like does this cool jumps out to satellite view over the earth, and jumps back down to whoever you've selected. Right. But I've wondered, I'm like, well, who's 
going to be in the bottom quadrant is going to be NPCs. It's actually the character that you create for the online mode. He's cool. running around in the city when you're not, or After she you've created them. Yeah, when you're not playing them, and you can actually check in on them and see what they're doing. So cool. Yeah, it's such a cool like Sims kind of thing, like idea. You know, like they've really taken a lot of concepts, put them together, and by all reports, it's 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 pretty sweet. It's short of just their dealing yeah. with load issues. Now they have a patch coming out. Um, to allegedly fix this for both the 360 and the, the PS3. Um, and I, I think, when is that coming out? I think it's coming out. I actually closed my link to it. Well, I feel like there was a patch that came out recently, but I'm not sure if it's the one that's going to take care of specifically. Oh, it's tomorrow. This. this one's coming out, well, it'll be a few days ago if you're listening to this, but October 4th the patch was supposed to come out. All right, cool. So, so yeah, maybe I'll try it online this weekend. And it's specifically targeted at GTA Online. So that's that's really good news. I understand the uh, the graphics look just great on it. They are really, really I mean, well done. And the radio stations, there's 17 radio stations. They always were good with radio stations. It's more than they've ever had. They originally started out, I was reading a really great feature story about music in this game over on Polygon.com. They originally started out trying to get 900 different songs licensed Good Lord. for the radio stations. And they're like, oh, this might be a little bit too much. So they narrowed it down to 230. That's all. Just two th- and split it across these radio stations. And there's so many great stations that you can just listen to. The lighting's well done. The character models are, are good. There are so many different cars. And the landmass alone, just the map, is massive. Yeah. That's what I... Now it's... Um, as far as being critically acclaimed or panned, it's got a 97 on Metacritic right now. Yeah, it received a ton of 10 out of 10 or 100% scores with only a few naysayers. Yeah. And there's definitely some content and there's some valid criticisms of the game, whether it's this really notorious torture scene, which I'm not looking forward to getting to at some point that's part of the main story oh, campaign. I heard, I heard something about that, yeah. Or how women are represented and interacted with in the game. They're all pretty much just crazy, or they're bitchy, or they're just objectified. Not very great. Uh, now, now, how is that not um, realistic? <laughs> just, just kidding, In my ladies. house, I want to tell you how the rule is. completely joking. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, yeah that is disturbing. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're seeing it with a lot of these games, you know, and, and or Microsoft press conferences. Um, it seems to the objectification of women seems to be running a bit rampant. And that's too bad. Especially <sighs> considering the base that's probably playing this game. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of a lot of us more mature gamers, but there's also a lot of youngsters that are have managed to lure their, their soccer moms into taking them to their Oh my gosh. Store. And so yeah. to think that, you know, you've got like adolescence and stuff like there's these is, like, horrible stories that I hear from my coworker about. He's like, yeah, I walked in and my son was playing it. And there's this straight up sex scene going on, like this crude sex scene. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, it's not me. It's the game. I'm not controlling from, it. I got this from you, daddy. It's your weed. Sorry. Uh, and he's like, well, you're lucky your mom's not here to see this because she wasn't. But there's been some things that she's seen. And she's like, what the hell type of game is this? Because she actually called him up 
like, hey, your son wants me to get this game. Do you think it's okay for me to get it for him? He's like, yeah, it's fine. So she got it for him. But then she's been seeing more and more of it. It's just like, oh, oh, no. And then I have another friend who he's like, (laughs) he's like, yeah, it was awesome. I was at the strip bar and then I had this naked girl dancing in front of me. And I'm like, hey, look, look. And she's like, you're disgusting. And then he's like, and then like a couple minutes later, I got two naked girls there. And I'm like, hey, look, look, look at it now. And my girlfriend's like, what the hell? You're just disgusting. I don't know why you're playing that game. <laughs> look, look now. <laughs> I wonder why she would be offended by that. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's ready for some celibacy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do hear a lot of stories like that. You know, he should... The guy with the sun, he should just steer him towards Mass Effect 1, since we know that's a sex simulator. <laughs> uh, that thing is so tame compared yeah, to this Yeah, I know, game. right? I mean, comparatively... And that's... the level of stuff they're doing, whether it's violent or sexual language, just general scenarios, it's so far beyond what they did in previous Grand Theft Autos. Right. I mean, this is based on a friend of mine who's played all the games. He's like... This is so much more over the top than anything they've ever done, and it's not getting nearly the same amount of scrutiny or knee-jerk reactions or being burned up in the press that the other ones did. I guess we've just become jaded now. We're like, well, there's only, you know... Well, I don't even know what what the... what, what Eight million underage kids playing it. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. It's not, not quite a critical mass yet. But yeah, there you have it, uh... It appears to be a bit of a phenomenon. And uh, and a bit of a failure in the online mode, but hopefully they'll get that patched up soon. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like I say, once people are... It's the typical thing. I mean, it's like... So many MMOs. Like, many MMOs run into that, you know. It's, I just expected in the first few weeks for there to be issues. Yeah. I, I can't imagine with a f- 15 million ramping up an infrastructure to support that all at once across two platforms that there wouldn't be a hiccup here or there, you know. And it's actually had an impact on other online games because my buddy with the kid, who's he's also starting his own instance of the single-player campaign, normally he plays Call of Duty all the time. Oh, uh-huh. He's like, I'm going to go home and kill a bunch of 14-year-olds. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to own them. And he's like, I went in. He's like, and normally I can get into a match within seconds. And this time it's like there were no matches. Wow. And this is before the online launched. This is just everybody had abandoned Call of Duty, all, even the hardcore folks, en masse to play GTA. Well, you know, that's an presumably. interesting... I don't know how their in- network infrastructure works, but I've always understood that to some extent the the like Xbox Live and then, um, PSN are like closed networks in some ways. Yeah. So they must have to have connectivity back to these game servers for this. Mm-hmm. And, you know... 15 million is a lot to add or half of that or whatever the division is to each right like Mm -hmm. for their own network no kidding even if people are just not there because they're queued up for grand theft auto maybe that explains the queue times we ran into on world of warcraft too um you know everybody's playing grand theft auto 5 but like that's true but even then like just the just just all the all the people that are playing that that maybe weren't always playing online that were playing like single player or something but now all of a sudden all that data has got to go through half of it's going through the Xbox Live network half of it's going through the PSN network i mean it could be it could expose infrastructure problems in both of those as well oh yeah as they talk back to whatever rockstar has you know Definitely. unless rockstar like 
leases has to lease like servers on that their respective networks to mm-hmm. make this work. I don't know how it works. I've never really looked into it. It's kind of fascinating, but to me is a an infrastructure type guy. That's your, yeah, that's your I'm, career. Yeah, I wonder how they do that. So, and Microsoft made a point of boasting that they were just massively increasing their server backbone for Xbox One. And we're just going to really take it up another level to ensure that the multiplayer community had the best of the best. That's cool. And they've and just over the years they've had to do that because they have such a they have a large enough subscriber base doing so many things at once. Well, and as a lot of these games like Call of Duty and stuff have implemented these like um, you know MMO like features to where there's just a lot more. Match you know, making. it's not a lot of it's not like big data going through. It's not like streaming video, but it's got to have good latency or it's game breaking. Very so, true. So yeah, yeah. I'd imagine, and, and yeah, actually, I I wonder with you know you can, they have Netflix clients for um, Xbox and for PlayStation Two, which one of the most popular uses for video is, game consoles. Yeah, I don't even know how that works. You know, how does the how does the video go from like the EC2 cloud from Amazon, which is who hosts all that? You can always tell when Amazon has a problem. Because Reddit's down and Netflix is all slow. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, pretty crazy stuff. But I hope they get, you know, I hope this patch helps. I hope they get all their stuff working. Because it yeah. sounds like just a really cool revolutionary kind of take on this genre, sandboxes in general. Mm-hmm. And and it's I'm, once the price point's right, I'll jump in too. So. Excellent. Just not ready yet. Well, let's talk about what Valve's plans are. Do you think you'll ever jump into that stuff? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so uh, PC gamer oriented, and that's something that GTA will never be on. They they said they have no plans to port GTA Five to PC. Yeah, I saw the petition. It's crazy though, because all the other GTAs are on the PC. Yeah, you think it'd be only a matter of time, but maybe they don't need to. Steam, I have them all up till now. Um. So what we're getting at is last week, Valve had a three-part announcement spread across Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And by the time you're listening to this, it was almost two weeks ago, presuming that this posts on Monday, October 7th. Mm-hmm. 7th. <laughs> doing, doing the quick math. Yeah. But the first day on, on Monday, they talked about their new Steam OS, which is going to be a massive upgrade for or a massive step forward from the big picture mode that launched last year. It's really right. a concept that allows any box manufacturer out there to have a Linux based steam OS that they can put into a custom PC or a console like PC with, with everything they can possibly do to optimize it for video game performance. Yeah. It's kind of like Google's approach of making yeah. an OS for smartphones. Which, you know, when I heard about Android, when Google first started talking about it, I was like, man, that seems like crazy. Like a Linux distribute, you know, they're going to base it on Linux with Java for, I was like, God, it's going to, there's no way that's going to work out that well. You know, when I first heard about it yeah, and and now look at it with all the market share they have and like Linux now is the most predominant uh, OS there is now because of that. I mean, it's everywhere. (laughs) It's crazy to think Who would have thought, right? Yeah. When people were calling it a toy operating system and 
saying it'll never be you know relevant in any way shape or form other than in you know it's a science experiment and now it's like taking over the world yeah very true um the second announcement after that was because everybody's like oh well that's it yeah but they're like wait we thought they were going to talk about a steam box and on the monday day at monday announcement they're like there is no steam box because we want everybody we want any hardware manufacturer to be able to make a steam box so we don't right. have a specific one we have the steam and then, os <laughs> yeah and that that's what wednesday was all about was yeah. well there is a steam box we have a prototype that you can sign up for to receive in a beta exercise but there's also going to be the first steam machines which is what they were calling them steam machines will be coming out next year in 2014 from a variety of console manufacturers, but there's also a prototype specifically from Valve yeah. that they'd been working on. And that was what Wednesday was about. And then Friday was the actual interface with these machines. Valve's suggested interface, at least, its own revolutionary type of game controller that's supposed to work for any existing game in the Steam library that is traditionally controlled with just a mouse or a mouse and a keyboard. That's a tall order, especially since this controller doesn't have a keyboard. Yeah, it's crazy. And the the controller is, I mean, a lot of people are freaking out on it because it doesn't have the traditional, you know, twin thumbsticks, which has been for years kind of become the standard, right? Or or at least a thumbstick and a directional pad. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, instead it's these two kind of weird touch-sensitive surfaces... Yeah, circle like pads haptic, of some sort. Some kind of haptic feedback thing going on. And then there's like a center screen thing, touch screen in the middle. Yes. Um, yes. And then there's little... On the interior edges around the two circular touch pads, there are additional little small buttons that are meant to replicate, I think, Q, A, E, and D or something like that. It's going to be so weird. That being said, I I think because it is such a no-brainer, as you were talking about earlier uh, before we started the show, the, the like the Xbox 360 controller is kind of like the the pinnacle of mankind's um, game, <laughs> game controller development at this point. It's it would be such a no-brainer to say just use those like the USB ones or something. Or, yeah, totally. Oh, or to generate their own that's just nothing but a knockoff, you know? Yeah. Um. It makes me think they must have something really cool going on with this controller they've come up with. That it's I, I almost think it's legitimate just because it is different. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious to see how that thing plays out. I remember when I first looked at it, and I remember seeing a rumor prior to seeing this design that you could actually pop those little circular surfaces out and drop in joysticks drop in oh, wow. button configurations it was a customizable controller was what right. was being suggested i'm like and i was again like is that where you pop the discs out and you actually put a stick in there because that's really weird right but it's not that's actually these circular touch pads are meant to replicate the finesse and the precision of using a mouse in a way that a standard controller apparently cannot Right, and since it's not rigidly set to north, south, east, west, or even eight directions, 
that's what really gives it the ability to be so finely precise. And I would normally, I would, I think I had an experience with the, there's a iPhone slash droid app from Atari. It's like a bunch of their games combined into like a virtual arcade. And, um, and you can like slowly unlock the entire library by paying, you know, in-app purchases and all that great yeah. stuff. But the one it comes with is Missile Command. And when you see the controller, it's actually, you know, it's for mobile, so it's on the little touch screen, and it's just like a virtual trackball. And I was like, oh, that's going to suck, you yeah. know? Like, instantly I was like... Because there's no tactile feedback. Right, and it just... Well, the way they've got that thing programmed, it is so natural that you find yourself doing with your finger what you normally do with your hand to move the trackball with different <laughs> oh, wow. velocities and everything. <laughs> it's so well done and simulated that you're actually, like, you come out of it amazed that they got it so right, the feel. Um, so it seems like what if they if they do it right with, you know, enough resolution and everything and get the get the feel right, it could it could be legitimate, you know? We'll see. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned resolution because that's the, the the exact terminology that Valve was using to describe this. They are dual trackpads that are high resolution. And it's, I, I've never heard of it being described as high resolution. The touchpad is being, having high resolution, but I guess it makes sense because that explains how it's so precise. Right, yeah, it's got to be able to discern. But if you're trying to represent WASD, which are strictly digital, they're not analog in any way, on the circular trackpad, that's where I'm skeptical that this is superior because there are no clear divisions or delineations right. on these trackpads. You have to rely purely on the haptics or the vibrations that let you know precisely where the boundaries are between the W key on a circle trackpad versus A versus well, S versus D. And normally that I would, <laughs> this is my, my normally I would scoff at that too, however, <laughs> but I got one of those, um, um, initial, I don't know, for some reason they made mice for a while that had feedback. I don't, you might remember it. I had it years ago. And it was oh, like yeah, a when you went over the edges, you could feel, feel a little bit of yeah, a vibration. Yeah, so if you were like, yeah, you could feel in a web browser where you were by different vibrations. It would vibrate when you went over links. It would vibrate when you went over the edge of the browser window. Yeah. And you, after a while, at first you were like, that's weird. After a while, you got so used to it, you knew where you were. Even if you were like having a conversation with someone or something, you're like, oh, I, my mouse just slowly went over to the edge. And, you know, so it's possible that each key feels a little different or the where the division is feels different. So you it it feels it might actually feel just like your hand going off the A key on your keyboard in a different way. Like it'll be an indicator that'll be mapped in your, eventually in your subconscious or your muscle memory or whatever you want to call it to where you're like, Oh, I'm sliding off my key. Yeah. It's possible. It, and they're I don't want to give them claiming too much they have very advanced haptic feedback. Yeah. That's much more than just a, an unbalanced weight rotating on an axis. Yeah. It's something that is, is so elaborate that the, trackpads themselves can act as speakers which i think is kind of a funny oh i guess that makes sense trick to it yeah if it's a vibration and sound is frequency 
yeah. of vibrations, then wow, I hope I hope they do super bass. So you're like <laughs> mm, that'd be really funny. So I, I think it sounds like both of our reactions were in general. We have questions about it, but well, speaking for myself, I really want to try it. Yeah. Just because I love that there are still companies that are trying to be creative and innovate and say, yeah, we have a fantastic controller design out there, but that shouldn't be the only way that we can control games. We have other ideas. Well, and I, I think, you know, I think they're drawing a lot of inspiration from the way that with uh, with phones, with smartphones, they almost all now are, have gotten rid of the keyboard, the, the tactile yeah. keyboard. And that was my biggest fear with getting an iPhone, which was my first real smartphone. It was like, I'm going to totally not dig not having a real keyboard. I'm This virtual yeah. keyboard is going to drive me insane. Now, several years later, I can't imagine not having a virtual keyboard that changes depending on what I'm doing or, you know. Yeah, you do lose something by not having tangible buttons. Yeah. I mean, I make typos so much more often and I have to rely a lot on autocorrect stuff, which is <laughs> also wrong a lot of the times. And sometimes to my frustration where it's like, no, delete, respell it back the way that it was or, or something like that. Uh, but the flexibility that it, it can change depending on the context is, I think, outweighs the frustration that can come with having a, a purely touchscreen keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But while we are very open-minded about these controllers, the general reaction on Twitter... What the fuck? <laughs> ...was that. Yeah. And there was even some first-hand feedback from one of the guys at the Super Meat Boy developer saying, it's good, but it still has room to improve. It's not that great. But in general, people were very skeptical that this could work. It's not what they wanted, or they just think it's a bad idea in general. I want to try it. Before I, I want to try it out. I want to give it a chance because I think... I mean, I I hate uh, FPS games with a traditional controller, and most of the Steam my Steam library is FPS games. Yeah. And I like the mouse because it's much more twitchy, and and you know you can get from here to there. That you don't have to have like some algorithm that guesses where you're trying to shoot and is makes it accurate. You actually put the crosshair where you want with an FPS with a with a computer. You know, I mean, I suppose you could do that with a a mouse, I mean, a, a traditional controller, but it takes so damn long to get where you need to be. Yeah. You know, it's just not. And so if this thing solves that, if it solves, like, if you can get, like, virtual different layouts or something, depending on what game you're playing to make it work, I mean, I think more power to them. But I don't think they could get by with a regular joystick. I think. What they could get by with if they don't go this route is is a is a regular is like a gamepad, a keyboard, and a mouse. And most of what you do would be with the controller, but not all. You know what I mean? And and nobody that's not what you want on the couch. You don't want a keyboard and a mouse on your couch. Well, I don't. No. I don't. I don't no. know how you make that work. And I still am also a little skeptical how this could work with a strategy game. Yeah. I don't think it could work with an MMO. Anything that's got a a whole taskbar of buttons that goes from one all the way to the equal symbol, like eleven or twelve different buttons. How would you do it with yeah, like World of Warcraft? Which you is wouldn't be able to do it quickly. A bit of an example, but I mean, it's a bit of a stretch. But yeah, there's only 
There are only four buttons in addition to the trackpads. And it, well, and there's also some shoulder triggers to take that yeah. back. And then there's the touch screen, which is customizable, but yeah, I want to see some more executions that try to handle those more complex games. Because it's one thing to say, oh yeah, here's the portal mapping. Well, portal doesn't have a lot of complexity to its controls. It's a very simply designed game. Yeah. You move around with WASD, you aim your portal gun with the mouse, and you have two different firing functions. And then you have a jump. There's, that's really all there is to it. That's all that you need to know. Yeah. Portal 2 uh, it introduces some extra features of the gun but still it's it's not that complex but like something like like Counter-Strike for instance if you're picking up right. items or if you're planting mines using heals stuff like that uh, maybe that's not that bad it's, but Yeah, I think most games that have a that only come from the PC um will be harder specifically MMOs would be very difficult with all the combinations. Yeah. Unless it were like DC Universe Online which deliberately oh, totally constrained its yeah. taskbar so that it could be rep- it could be playable on a PlayStation controller. That's true. And I know they have like those mods for uh Warcraft, World of Warcraft where you can play it with an Xbox controller like on a PC they've got software that does all the stuff, but which makes sense because the Xbox controller and the PlayStation controller technically have the same number of sticks and buttons. Yeah. Whereas the Steam controller has far fewer buttons to work with. Yeah, it's just so interesting to see. They've got to have an, a plan for that. They do. So something very exciting to see how it develops over the coming year because I don't know if this is going to be available until yeah next year. It is also part of the beta program. If you're feeling lucky, you can sign up if you haven't already. And of course, they have managed to register Half-Life 3 in Europe. <laughs> this was a random development, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just like, well, and most people are saying, well, if you're going to get people to buy this console PC thing, you know, if you buy a Steam machine... What better to bundle it with than Half-Life 3 or Portal 3 or... Left 4 Dead 3. Left 4 Dead 3 or Team Fortress 3. It's funny how everything aligns to a 3, um, but there here, there you have it. So, or an Orange Box 2, which has everything version 3. There you go. <laughs> that would be really cool. That's a bit of a, a dream there. But, yeah, um, definitely, but so cool. Or they could call it the... Or maybe a different color. Yellow box. Yellow box. It can be red, because there's already a red box. That's true. But, um, yeah, anyway. So, that's really exciting to me. Yeah. Because I really like the whole Half-Life. I mean, I've played, like, every version of that game there is. I'm so skeptical about it, though. It's just it's been so long. It feels like Duke Nukem at this point. Oh, no, I, I don't think so. Cause two took Two took forever, too. Well, and there were supposed to be three episodes for Half-Life 2. Yeah, and they never only been did two. the third one. Yeah. I don't know what their deal is. So we will. Yeah, it makes sense that they would want to have some big launch title. Yeah. Because that's... Actually, I think that's probably the most valid and biggest complaint about all these announcements is, that's great, you've put this cool thing together, but Steam's Steam on Linux has hardly any games. It doesn't have nearly as many games as the Windows version of Steam does. Oh, right. When are these other games going to get translated or right. moved over? Right. 
Right now, there's not a lot to but choose if from. If they're these blockbuster games all together, wow. Well, yeah, this is not how Steam launched. It launched with Half-Life 2. Yeah, that was. I remember laughing at Steam when I first heard about it. I'm like, <laughs> wow, what a great system to download Half-Life 2. Yeah, Half-Life I remember 1 you saying and that. Half-Life Source. Like, I was like, it's a bit, a, a bit overkill. I, I don't imagine anyone's ever going to use this thing. And then now I'm like, all my games are on Steam. There's thousands of them. Thousands. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's also just a matter of waiting and... Now I want my apps to all be on Steam too, so it's just all there. But uh, that would be nice. Pretty cool, yeah. That's our news. Now That's we're going to get into a summary of Monday Game Night, which isn't much to say. No, we did play both of the last two weeks since we you last heard from us listeners. We played World of Warcraft. Yeah, lots and lots of World of Warcraft. Well, not so much actually, because what would happen is. We'd get in and find out that one of us was battling, desperately battling narcolepsy at the, that time. Or, as the case was two weeks ago, it was all of us. Yeah, so we were we started out like, well, let's do some of these Oktoberfest beer fest quests. Yeah. That didn't really go well. And so you suggest, well, there are actually additional Blackrock instances that we haven't done. I'm like, oh my gosh. And we started one of those. Yeah. And I think we only got, I don't know, a third of the way in. And Hilgi's like, guys, I got to go to sleep. It was the equivalent of when we were playing DDO and we kept getting those, going to maps that were full of kobolds. And I was like, if I see another kobold, and at this point I was like, if I see another giant chamber full of magma and black stalactites (laughs) and stalagmites, I'm going to die. So we bailed and... uh, And then this last week, one of our crew, Tom, wasn't available. Yeah, birthday party. And so, so it was just Hilgi and you and I. And we were all kind of like, meh. So we did uh, we did one battleground, but we spent so much time waiting in the queue, probably because yeah. everybody was playing Grand Theft Auto V, that um, when it finally did start, and it went pretty fast, we were kind of done. Yeah, we were timing it, because we kept looking like, surely it's done now, surely it's done now. And it was five minutes, and then it was ten minutes, and then it was eleven minutes, and then it was fifteen yeah. minutes, and then it was seventeen, then it was twenty. And I was just about to cancel, I think. Well, you did. You oh, actually, did. you jumped out. And jumped And then we had to jump out, and then you jumped back in, and oh, then we I got... Oh, I queue up for two if I didn't do random. Yes, and, and we... so this time you picked, you picked two specific yeah. instances, and we got in within like a minute or two, which yeah. was really strange. Yeah, that was odd. Had a lot of fun, didn't win. It seemed like we were going to win. We were winning at first, and then yeah. the the battlegrounds just kind of elude me in terms of what's going on. Well, especially those big complex ones. Like, the first two make a lot of sense, because there's Warsong Gulch, which is kind of classic uh, capture the flag. Yeah. You know? Um, but then it gets, like, these later ones with 40 people on each team. It's just crazy, and you're, you're, you're like, doing kind of, like, domination or control points, and you've got to kill... NPCs and you know bosses and yeah it's just and it, it seems like both teams just cross each other without attacking each other they're even engage the other side of the map and then start like working themselves their way back with some kind of weird strategy going on that's way beyond me because I never play it yeah and uh, yeah I'd like to I'd like to get better at it honestly and understand what what I'm supposed to be doing yeah I just watch the score and I, sometimes I just don't even realize and then. When we actually see at the end of the game, regardless of whether a team won or lost, what our individual records are. Yeah. And it, it's funny how many people to say say that I killed. I'm like, I don't know how I even 
touched that many people or you've you touched a lot of people when you're out there <laughs> with my panda bear i'm, I'm cuddling everything left maybe right. that's the cu- maybe the cuddling macro is counting <laughs> lethal cuddle yeah <laughs> then we got done with that and we played some league of legends and had some seriously hard challenges we did we played three games in a row where we lost like the first one we were spanked the second one, it felt like we were doing pretty good, but the other team won and was like, oh, that's okay. The third one was a heartbreaker. Yeah. And then the fourth one, I thought we were going to lose that one too. Yeah, I started out like, trying to be really optimistic. Like, we're going to win. We're, we're going to win this one. It. It's gonna, we're gonna, this one's going to go good. And we started out pretty good, and then we just tanked. Tanks not in the uh, gaming sense. Yeah. But in the performance sense, we just yeah. did really poorly. And I started getting real sorry. I'm like, we're going to lose this one, too. I'm so over this game. <laughs> and then it started turning around. We started distracting them. We started getting yeah. the team off of our side of the map. I tell you what, the Wolf Brothers have always told us that there's no strategy in the Dominion mode of League of Legends, which is what Mark and I prefer to play. But I feel like there is. It's yeah. much quicker. It's much less formulaic. Yeah. You have to think on your feet. It's not as complex, but it's definitely there and pretty strong. Yeah, you have to. It's a. It's much it's, more tactical. It is way tactical, and it, it's like there's a lot of reactions, especially in your builds, because you're getting money so fast and everything that. Yes. You can see somebody going like you know all AD, you know, or all AP, and you and you can tell kind of what they're going for, and if you don't get armor. And you don't have any time to think about it. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, the majority of my opponents are, you know, they're not tanky. They're not. They're they're totally squishy, but their alpha strike is just destroying me. So you, you make a decision to get armor or something. Or, yeah. And and you have to stick with it. Whereas I think when you're doing the five v five one, because the money comes in so slow, you can be more deliberate and you can take your time. But this yeah. is just rapid fire and. Like you say, distraction, distraction, distraction. That is like the, that is the, even if you die, but you've got three people chasing you through the through the, the the weeds and stuff or whatever you know through the through jungle. the jungle all the way across the map. Ultimately, maybe leading one of them to their death as they get close to one of your towers and two of your guys or something. That's a win, even if you die. Provided that the rest of your team is going and capturing yeah, the towers. Yeah, assuming the other, your the rest of your team's not like standing in the base picking their butt or something. <laughs> but if they're actually, if you if you got a team where everybody's distracting, that time those the other team wasted makes all the difference. Oh yeah. So I think we're kind of starting to get uh, there is there is there is some nuance to it. It's just fast, so fast paced that it seems um, like maybe it's not a strategy, but it it yeah. is. Yeah, and I, I think all the modes. Whether it's all random, all mid, which I find to be really that is difficult to grasp, unfortunately, or Dominion or the classic Summoner's Rift 5 versus 5. Which I've been playing more of that lately, too, because I've been playing Kale so much, and it's really fun with her to uh, to just destroy massive amounts of minions, mm-hmm. um, be it the, the, you know, the creeps on the battlefield or the guys that are, you know, guarding little runes for power-ups or, or what have you mm-hmm. um I, I i actually enjoy that quite a bit so that's been different because you realize how slow paced that is um yeah that's and i think that's really my only complaint is that it could take anywhere from 30 minutes which is way short and uncommon to an hour and a half oh i've been in an hour and a half one a few times that's yeah. 
Sometimes she's if like, you don't I win just one wanted of those, to stop. If you, if you lose a 15 to 20 minute one, that's okay. But if you lose an hour and a half one, that's a heartbreaker. I mean, that yeah. is like just, you have to rethink your life at that point. You're like, I should have tried better in high school so I could have gone into a better college. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like that last game that we played of Dominion yeah. on Monday night, it was really down to the final moments. We had come back from a deficiency, so the game ticks down from 500 points to zero, and whoever hits zero loses. Uh, and originally, the opposing team had over 400 points, and we had 200, 150. Yeah. We managed to come back... And actually, they fell below us, and they were at 60 or something, and we were at 100. And then in the final moments, it was like 19 versus 15 points left, and we were just struggling to have the majority of points held because you have to have a majority of the five points held in order to suck life out of the other team. Right, right. And I remember you and I running... Like we got to get that one over on the other side of the map. They're all distracted. They're they're all the other oh, team yeah. somewhere else, and it was really just down to the second. And somehow we pulled it off, and it was just such an adrenaline rush, and it felt like such an important victory. It was. It, we were both like, Aah! yeah. It was like, yeah. One of my great. favorite moments from gaming. Yeah, it was a in good the one. recent it was such year. A close battle, and we, I thought all hope was lost, but our pug came together. Yes, it did. We triumphed over adversity. <laughs> yeah. So the game is, has its claws in us yet again. Yes, it does. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because no. it's just like riding a bike. You get back into it and it's like, oh, this is so much fun. Well, we got some feedback too. Yeah, let's head into that. We got a couple emails. You're going to take a guess at how to pronounce this name? I'm going to say it's Sadiq. I, that's what I was thinking too, yeah. Um, I guess I'll I'll handle the first one since the second one is going to be very difficult to read. Um, <laughs> so Sadiq writes in, "Hi guys, been a listener way back when you guys had the four original hosts. Wow, that's like the the golden age. No kidding. Thanks for keeping us all entertained and lolling, as in laughing out loud. By the way, war is shutting down. Any thoughts on that? Keep churning out the shows and thanks for the great entertainment, Sadiq from Singapore. Well." So we won't be slinging out any more of these shows, but we will. Be... Much like Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, much like Warhammer. We, well, although we didn't lose a contract, which seems to be the the, the crux of the issue with with uh, Warhammer is that they have Mythic has lost their contract for the um, Warhammer with Games Workshop. They're no longer affiliated with Games Workshop. Their IP, yeah. So normally, you know, when you see something like this, you're like, those idiots. Why would they shut it down? It was fine as a free-to-play as long as it was making any money you know but there's really nowhere to go here yeah and the game wasn't even free-to-play they yeah there's this really interesting post blog post from the producer of the game over on warhammer online's main website where she mentioned several things that had been developed they were all either fully developed or they still needed to be tested whether it was brand two new cities two new dwarven cities were ready but they needed to be updated there was, of course, their MOBA, Wrath of Heroes, that never got out of beta. Right. There was an iPhone app that they never got launched. And there was a fully free-to-play version of the game that they were going to launch in, launch in Asia. Never came out. And they... I, I'm not sure how much of this is 
they decided not to renew the contract. Maybe EA said, we don't want to spend the money on this contract. Yeah. Or Games Workshop's like, you know what? You aren't doing anything for us anymore, guys. We're yeah. going to go take our this, license somewhere else. This is not happening or helping. So, so yeah, our thoughts are, well, my thoughts are, um, you know, it's kind of, there's nothing that can get them out of this situation. No. But um, I am bummed to see it because I did enjoy my time in Warhammer. I, I never thought it was, you know, the equal of World of Warcraft no, or not anything even, like that. Even Star Wars Old Republic. Yeah, or, yeah, definitely not those two, but for fun, Noah and I managed to make it fun with our our battle or well, our PvP instance stuff we were doing. Yeah, and that was the one piece of opinion that I took umbrage with from the producer who said its critics could never claim that this game was boring. Oh, it was boring. And it was massively boring as a single play when you're doing your own solo quests and stuff like that. The landscapes stretch on forever. There's not really anything interesting in them in the, the starting public, zones. The public quests were okay, but they got repetitive. Or there wouldn't be anybody there to help you out with right, them. Right, so they were undoable. Or un, yeah. you know. Really, where it was at were the ins- was it instances Is it, or I scenarios. Forget, scenarios, yeah. The scenarios were so cool because they were kind of arcadey. Yeah. You would die, but you'd instantly spawn again, and you were capturing the flag, or you were doing control point things. And it was just ridiculous, goofy fun. And I think they had the size of the maps down. They did. Too. I mean, I felt like the maps were really solid. And it was the first game that I can think of that tried to, that introduced public quests, the concept yeah. of public quests. And when they worked, they were cool that you could just organically jump into a team objective without having to formally sign up or join a team yeah. with other strangers, you're working on something together and you accomplish something that changes the environment or you get experience points. It is really cool. And we've seen that carried over into other games, but yeah, the whole enchilada was not there no. per se. And it wasn't there, unfortunately for their other initiatives, whether it was the MOBA or other stuff that they never launched. So I, I think the weirdest thing is to to know that this game is shutting down when there are other games that are just about as old or older that still haven't shut down. Yeah, that should. Yeah. Yeah, that is disturbing. Now, there have been a lot of MMOs that have gone away, but there are still many others that's just like, why are they still around? I know, like, this this one shutting down kind of sucks. Um, certainly City of Heroes is the worst one to shut down. Yeah. I mean, that shutting down was such a travesty and continues to be yeah um although soon there will be a city of titans if everything if the kickstarter is successful <laughs> right. um so look look on kickstarter for city of titans if you miss city of heroes um and maybe it'll happen <laughs> and don't maybe if you maybe if you go with the ten thousand dollar um kickstarter investment yeah <laughs> that team's gonna need all the help it needs it can get yeah for sure that's a massive undertaking from a grassroots group of people. Yeah, that's the that's the crazy part. Yeah. And they've switched engines already. Yeah. A few times. I don't know. I'd like be... to see it happen, but we digress. Yes. What else? We got more mail. We do. We have an email that was sent to us from one of the Scots military Scott, who as you may recall, if you've been listening to us the last couple of months, has been in participating with a group of other people and playing Rift because they didn't want to play World of Warcraft when we went back to that. Yeah. 
And so Military Scott wrote in, Dear not-so-manly men, <laughs> so the convention of real Scots have come together and decided that we require you all to play Rift with us. Side quest, side quest, side quest. We will allow the other Scott to come. The one that I once knew but <laughs> is now fallen, dead to me due to his one. <laughs> unacceptable play habits. <laughs> he continues, You can come. I have candy and fully capable Twitch streams for all of your thousands of foaming at the mouth fans to feast their eyes upon the game of games. Bottom line, please stop resembling female genitalia with legs and join the League of Manly Men. Or at a very minimum, you can guys, you guys can play one Monday with us and help us make a guild before scurrying back to that other so-called game. So-called game. Your loving fan military, Scott. Ah, uh, oh, Scott. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was this hilarious. This email it, it cracked me up. I laughed quite a bit at it uh, when I read it the first time, and I did. This was an instance where I did send a a reply back to Scott before we mentioned it here on the show, just saying like, yeah. I want to try Rift. Sounds like a cool idea. Uh, need to download it first and install it, but we just need to pick a time of when yeah. we're going to do it. And I, I guess that kind of touches on the greater question. Well, uh, and, and that is, if this is the last episode of Channel Massive, what happens with the Monday game nights? I know, yeah. Which we don't have a really... <laughs> we don't have that planned out clear answer on we are planning on being in world of warcraft and or rift at least on monday the 7th if you're listening to this show on october monday the 7th mark and i will be in world of warcraft on the arthas server at 11 p.m eastern time we're hoping to be at level 59 so that we can try some outlands content yeah and on the other side of the universe military scott southern scott and Agamemnon are going to be in Rift, and I cannot remember the name of their server. It's that other server. But it should be listed on the website if you want to confirm it. They yeah. are starting an hour earlier than us, so they are going to start at 10 p.m. Oh, that's cool. That makes Eastern sense because they're East, they're East Coast-centric. Yeah. Um. So at least for one night more, we'll be in there. If you have a preference or a request... On, in terms of ongoing Monday game nights, if there's something else that you'd like us to try with you, outside of the scope or the realm or the demise, demence. 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 <laughs> of Channel Massive. The domestication of Channel Massive. Yeah, the domain of Channel Massive. Yeah. Please let us know. You can send us an email or you can tweet us. Yep. But at least we have at least one more Monday game night within us and probably we'll continue to play because it's something that we really like to do yeah maybe we'll get get twitch going for that yeah in the future the future but otherwise hopefully we have provided more clarity on what's coming up in the future and yep. hopefully while you have very few details to work with at this <laughs> I was moment say, we provided more clarity by providing absolutely no details <laughs> Well, we at least said that it's not a format change. It's a totally different show. It's a different concept. Yep. And we're really excited about it. And it is so significantly different that we feel we had to make it a different show, not just do a format change at Channel Masters. Right. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool, especially considering we'll provide much more information in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So... We really appreciate you, those of you who have stayed with us this late in our sessions that we have been 
you've had going on for six and a half, seven years. Yeah. Now. Yep. And we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Let us know where to contact you, but otherwise just stay subscribed to this podcast. Don't immediately subscribe because there will be one more episode of sorts coming from us that explains what the new show is, where it's at, and what it's going to be about and how to get it. That's right. Hopefully sooner than later. So stay tuned for that. That should be within the next two to three to four weeks. Five years. Yeah. Definitely not five years. Two to three weeks, probably. Yeah, two to three weeks is when it's going to happen. Yep. So look forward to that and we'll talk to you then. Bid you adieu.